Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast. I am Jordan Schieffer, your host, joined by Ben Spreen and Austin Schieffer and Kyle Connor and shortly Forrest Jones. And we're just going to talk about a bunch of cars, things we've been driving, things we've been purchasing, and things we've just been having fun with. So let's just break the ice right away. The big news today, at least in my feed, was Ben's acquisition of a Tycon. Because you have it now, right? Like you picked it up. It's, Is that it's, true? it's right out you can't see it, but it's right there. It's just below the window outside the garage. Ben, can you share spec, everything from start to finish, why you ordered the spec you did, the mm-hmm. spec you ordered, ordering process, tracking, delivery, and now first drive? Okay, that's a lot. Um, we'll start with spec. I went rear drive uh, because one, money, and two, sideways, because that's the saving money and going sideways. That's That's all you needed to tell me. I was in there. Uh, Dolomite Silver, the I think they call these the Tycon S arrow wheels, which is the same as the base arrow wheels. They just have some black paint in, in between the spokes. Can you share how much you paid for a black pinstripe on your wheel? Uh, $1,280, <laughs> I think. I think it was that. I have to look at the bill. Yeah, it was like right. $1,200 yeah, for the... Just for the same wheel and same tire, just for the little bit of black and sort of yep. polished chrome yeah. aluminum-looking look. <laughs> yeah, they painted it slightly black for me uh, for that that nice fee there. Uh, and I can say totally worth it because the regular wheels, the way those look unpainted, is pretty bad. So it was more a case of how much do I not want to look at the unpainted version than right. uh, how much do I like the uh, painted version. There's a lot of that going on with Tycon where like, you have to pay money to get not necessarily the good stuff, but just to not have total garbage. Bad stuff. <laughs> that might be how they get you. It's it's very possible that they make the bass sound system 
as bad as it is so that you want to get the Bose, even if I'm not a big fan of Bose as a sound audio manufacturer. Although it does sound really good in this car, admittedly, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. But we did, uh, yeah, that was uh, sunroof, well, glass roof, panoramic roof, 18-way sport seats plus, heated steering wheel, and a black Tycon script on the trunk. That's about it. So what I might you, be forgetting something. What if you, well, you also got silver on tan interior, no cost option. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, silver's mm -hmm. $800, right? Eight, 860 or 850 uh, something like that. But the car comes standard with a lot. It comes standard with the full UI system, comes standard with LED headlights, yep. comes standard with, you know, the awesome. Uh, uh, Wireless phone charger. Yeah, it's got that all I'll never stuff. use, but it's there. But it's a battery pack that we've never tested and we're about to in yep. about two weeks from now. Yeah, so I went with the, what is it, 79.2 kilowatt hour pack. So this is what Porsche calls the performance battery and not the performance battery. Or plus. Gross? I think that's probably gross. Uh, I don't know okay. what it is usable, honestly. Maybe probably 70. I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know how they advertise it. Um, they advertise the other one as 93s, and I think that's gross rather yeah, than usable. It's so it's probably a little less. Or 82 usable. And, uh, Let's see. Order process was easy. The uh, store I got it through had one open allocation for real drive, so I didn't have to wait to get an order slot. I just popped in there like four days before uh, it was unchangeable, and that's about as good of a timing as you can get. And uh, 60 days later, the car is here. But tracking it was probably more fun than ordering it because <laughs> you get this like website with a map and a little blinking red dot, and it shows you where it is on the map. You can see uh, each stage of production or transportation. And at each stage, there's some stuff you can read in there and videos in there that explain what's going, you know, going on in the process. So it certainly is a little bit uh, less uh, leaving you out in the open and wondering, you know, like I remember when we ordered our Teslas, it's just sort of like, yep, you paid for it. It's on the way. Who knows when? <laughs> so it's nice to actually have like data to show and see that things were progressing, especially in today's chip shortages and whatnot. And once it was produced, um, I've heard that some people get photos of their car on the line. Is that true? Or is that only for paint to sample cars or what? What's um, I think it might be only true for the 911 right now. I did. I certainly oh, okay. didn't get any photos unless I missed them. It's very possible I missed them. Um, it would have probably looked the way it does now. I don't know what I uh, <laughs> would have gained from that, but it would have been kind of cool to see it. My understanding is that they take the photos uh, manually instead of doing it um, like automated. And I think that's just due to privacy uh, for workers there because Germany's very mm. strict on that sort of a thing. But yeah. they got it here from Germany and they built it surprisingly quick, 60 days or so. Yeah, so. it feels like no time at all. We were just talking about your spec. We, we had hour plus long conversations yeah. multiple times going through, well, you need this, you need that, don't get the sports, <laughs> get the big wheels, like all of these different things. Yeah. Uh, overall, I think you made the right decision in your final specification it's like everything you need and kind of nothing you don't that was the idea it's all the stuff that i thought would i regret not having and i put those on there and then i kind of you know it, it's easy to forget how much standard equipment is on a lot of porsche models until you actually like read through the list because like i was thinking you know like a wireless phone charge or something that they usually charge for but tycon it's free because it's the technologically savvy car or whatever. Um, and the adaptive suspension standard. So I have my different firmness choices and things like that. But not uh, dual charge ports. It's a steel sprung car, right? 
steel springs with dynamic dampers, which do a ridiculous job of going from comfort to stiff. It's like going over a speed bump. It feels like oh, it rides better than my Model X on air suspension did, but that was maybe not wow. the best comparison. <laughs> so yeah. it rides really well. And then when you put it in sport, it's pretty tight. It's a lot better control of the body motion than the Model 3. Um, it's kind of the opposite of the Model 3 suspension because my Model 3 performance has this amazing ability to be uh, too soft and squishy when you're actually driving it quickly and also too firm and uncomfortable on relatively smooth roads for some reason. Yeah, And I don't know how right. that happens. I'm not sure what engineering went into it, but uh, <laughs> it's nice to have the reverse of that finally, which is quite and smooth on the highway that it is maybe rough. And then when you want to throw it around, it's really responsive. And this is a smaller battery, so it's like 500 pounds lighter than most other Tycons. And no front motor, so the weight's off the front axle, which is nice. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Forrest. Hey, Forrest. Hey, man. Congrats on your Tycon. Oh, thank you. So, Ben, um, let's just go through the car really quick, because up to this point, we've only tested big battery Tycons. And mm -hmm. I've been lucky enough to do a review on the big battery rear-wheel drive pink car, the German spec that came to the U.S. for a quick tour. And interestingly, they have the same performance numbers as your car, but it weighs more. So I think it makes 50 more horsepower, 50 more kilowatts. Yeah. I can't remember, but it's like directly <laughs> proportional to the weight difference. It is. It's like they wanted to make it simple and say, no matter which version you get, battery has nothing to do with performance. The, the performance trim has everything to do with performance. So it's kind of an interesting way of doing it. Um, is it 800 I, I wonder, volts? Do we know anything about the pack? It's still 800 volts, yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, well, I can't wait to do some charging curve testing. My guess is it will mimic big battery Tycon, just everything ramped down a little bit. Yeah, I think instead of 265 peak, it's going to do like 230, 230 kilowatt peak charge rate for a amazing. good bit, which is a lot. Um, my Model 3 will do that for about half a second and then kind of just <laughs> the rest of the way. That's if you're at a version 3 supercharger, which there are none near you. Uh, there's like two now, uh, oh, but really? they're not the ones I would normally stop at on the majority of my road trips, unfortunately. I did like go out of my way after the drifting day to stop at one. Um, it was not optimal. I just wanted to do it because we don't get to use them all that often in our area because of where they position them all the really important corridors seem to still have version twos, which is unfortunate. Like Rocky Mount, that freaking station has been version two, not that's, enough stations for a long time. It's only 120 kilowatt version two as well. Yeah, it's, it's technically version one. Yeah, it's <laughs> not it? even a 150. Yeah, yeah, it's the, that one's, a, uh, God, that during, uh, what holiday was it? We were there going to the track and there was like, a ridiculous amount of cars waiting to well, I used to live, you know, right down the street from that charger. And that was just the worst possible place to be um, <laughs> the town and the charger. It's all bad. Glad we're out of there. Uh, yeah. Overall. Yeah. Big, big congrats on your car. Should we share some of our plans or should we just keep those quiet until they're done? I think um, we'll, we'll share a little bit, share a little bit. We're going to drive the piss out of it. I mean, goal number one, drive it like a lunatic. It'll it's rear-wheel drive, track. so there will definitely be rear-wheel drive things happening. There's no denying <laughs> that. Uh, I would like to try and drive it in the snow. Maybe we can get some Nokians on it and just drive it up a mountain in the snow. Just see how good it is as a rear-wheel drive car. I mean, it's electric. Yeah. It should do all right. Absolutely. Um, range testing, I'm very curious about because yes. I have not seen a whole – I think Bjorn is the only person who's range tested the small battery, but he did it on a 4S, and this is just a rear-drive car, so maybe – 
it'll be the same. Maybe it'll be a little worse. Maybe it will be a little better. We kind of don't know if the rear drive versus the four-wheel drive car is more or less efficient at this point, it seems. It's hard to say because we've tested so many different software and with WMA6, which is the new uh, Tycon software, it no longer disconnects the motor in the back. So you're always connected all the time, even in efficiency mode. So that's where rear drive should be more efficient, I would think. Um, Mm -hmm. But we'll see. We'll test your car. I'm looking forward to it. And um, range test, charging test. Hey, did you happen to go into the battery menu and see if there was the limited peak charging option? Uh, No, I've not done that. I'm waiting to get my Porsche account activated so I can log in and because if you change all those settings, they don't save until you have your Porsche ID in the car. It's sort of like your Apple ID on your smartphone with how everything syncs over. And so I just like got in the car, I drove it home. Then I just drove around like a lunatic for a couple seconds on some you know empty roads just to fiddle with it and took a photo and I'm here. <laughs> so what was your, I haven't actually like gone through the system again. What was your quick driving impression? Because you've driven, obviously, I think every version of Taycan other than this or close to. Um, yeah, I haven't driven GTS. That's the only, but that's just, uh, right. you know, brand new. So yeah, um, it actually, the weight difference between this and a 4S, the larger battery is the 500 pounds you do notice. Um, the front end does seem a little bit more eager to turn without that front motor. Um, but I actually thought that might change how the ride was, but it still rides really well. Uh, it's got 19, so it's got a lot, a fair bit of sidewall compared to, you know, I think a lot of other cars. Um and it takes bumps really well. There are a lot of, like, the, my drive home was a great test because there's a rough section of highway I always do in the Model 3 where the car hits a bump. It's such a significant bump that it will cut power because the wheels will spin up as you go over because you're kind of going uphill. Um, it's practically a speed bump on the highway from the construction they've been doing. And in the Taycan, it just sort of like, you know, you felt like a vibration, but not any uh, shock, you know, transmitted through the car, which is... It's nice to have something that's really solidly built all of a sudden. I feel like I haven't experienced that for a long time with the last like four Teslas we've had. Yeah. Wow. Well, I am so excited to come out there in the next couple of weeks and do our thing with that and your Model 3. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. uh, can't wait to share that with our audience. Stuff that's never been done before, except one time on Chris Harris on Cars. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about this upcoming thing for a while. I yeah. specifically have kept the Tesla for this purpose. <laughs> it's not <laughs> important to us all. But uh, I will say one thing I did not notice going into this. Well, I guess I should have expected it. But buying a non-Tesla EV is highly controversial, according to Twitter, as it turns out. Uh, because if it's not the fastest 0 to 60 possible for the dollar or the most range per dollar or whatever it may be, um, uh, you know, I, I wonder... I must be a complete moron or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm missing something. Well, that's but... true. Everyone is completely <laughs> correct. They got you right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I said in my post, I think that I'm really happy to finally have some supportive sport seats that are really adjustable, have that like thigh support and, you know, side bolsters I can fiddle with and get dialed in just right. And someone was saying, well, you know, that's definitely uh, you're wrong because what was it? You know, Tesla makes the most comfortable seats in the industry, according to no data there, but. I mean, they're comfortable. That's not what I was talking about, though. <laughs> I never had a problem with the comfort there. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to maybe do a breakdown of why I made the choice, because I think maybe some people are dumbfounded because um, they haven't really we'll do a whole video. explored those things. Yeah, we'll do a whole video on it, maybe. We, we, there's plenty of opportunities to that, to open up the door to conversation. And uh, yeah. yeah, huge, huge congratulations to you and your Tycon. 
uh, really makes me want to get mine even much more. But I have to wait for a special option that's not available to be ordered yet. And I know I keep teasing this thing, but I'm getting a Tycon <laughs> eventually once I can order the one I want. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, but Forrest, you've been driving with Jordan some crazy stuff recently. I saw a Raptor. I saw a TRX. I saw a, saw a Rolls. What's going on in your world seems crazy. I saw a Bugatti shaver. <laughs> the fastest shaver in the world. <laughs> Dude, the shaver is extremely hot on anything other than like the lowest setting. Like it, Explain I put it on that. my it's face and it actually like singed my face. Wait, it's what, heated? We have what? Yeah, it's heated. It's a heated razor. It's supposed to give is you. Is it a razor? Is it a shape like an electric foil shaver? No, it's like a normal Gillette razor that has the same paint sample as a Bugatti, the Agile Blue. And right. I don't know how much that costs. But then on top of that, um, there's like this two like heat a, settings. Is this a French thing we don't know about? Do French people? Here, I'll, I'll, Do you have it? I want to see this thing. And then I want to know how much it costs. Because apparently <laughs> I bought something incredibly overpriced if you ask Twitter. But I can't wait to see what this thing looks oh, like. Yeah. By I love this. Imagine if you got heated shaver. Talk about overpriced. This thing's got to be 10 grand. Did you hear that? He just dropped it. I don't know if you could hear that through the mic. Uh -oh. He just straight up dropped a Bugatti. They're going to they're gonna bill you like $47,000. <laughs> Yeah, but is this exact... a review unit? What is um, this? It's a what? Right, well, so it's not a review unit. It's a giveaway, right? Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll I'll explain. He got he just got the whole. Kit so you have to right shave here. first and then give it away with your hair in there to up the price, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. So for the for those listening, I will explain this in detail. So so Gillette teamed up with Bugatti to create this um this razor. <laughs> Here, can you guys see it? So here's the, razor. the least impressive thing I've ever seen. For <laughs> it says it's really expensive. Gillette well, Labs. Nice, and I guess like the there's a light in the middle, and the light is supposed Ooh. to mimic the light, the tail light, right? Yeah, the tail light bar of the Bugatti Shiro. Yeah, it's so the orange fire. is the the acceptable heat level. If you hold it, it goes to exhaust on your face hot. Like it is just super hot. It actually like made like the the hissing noise when I put it up to my cheek, like burned my face. <laughs> uh, um, what section of the the blade area does it heat? Does it heat the actual like razor blades or see, see that like orange part at the bottom? Oh, okay, it heats that. That gold part. That's what heats up. That metal, I yeah. guess. Wow. And it gets hot. Wow. And then there's a. Uh, there's a Bugatti wireless like charging dock in the same color, and it just kind of clips. Oh, that's like, that does look kind of cool. <laughs> I'm putting that next to my shoe. It dropped. It dropped. It's magnetic. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets better. Oh, it gets better. It gets way better. So it comes. How could it? You, get a, you can get a collector's edition, which they're all sold out of. I have the last three that I'm going to do a giveaway on. Look at this case. It's, just it's all metal. Like, here's my ring. It's all metal briefcase with a matching strap because I guess you just want to carry this around with you. Is that oh, a Chiron like seatbelt? Seat it's a seatbelt material. I hope it's a seatbelt. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyways, so you open this, and then inside, there's a uh, a model like Chiron. Oh my God. That's what going with it? me and carry on. 
What does that it also heat up? <laughs> oh, and there's a journal <laughs> with the Bugatti journal. pen. Do you, do you do you just do a daily uh, journal of how your shaves yeah. go with the Bugatti shaver? Like, what would you write in there? Like, today I got razor burn. Yeah, <laughs> both types there? of razor burn. Yeah. Just now, two ways to do it. I woke up in a new Bugatti today. Yeah, today I woke up with a Bugatti. <laughs> this doesn't say. It just says. This just says. That's absolutely boy. insane. Isn't that crazy? Like. And it's this about, is the most comical is, uh, brand co-branding I've ever seen of any product. I know there's a lot of weird ones out there, but this is this takes the cake. Yeah, dude. One of five thousand. That's all it says. Would you pay hundred twenty dollars for it? Mm. Uh, you know what? Those little toy models. Those little toy models are like ninety five dollars if you want one the like a Porsche or whatever. How much so. is the whole yeah. kit? The just the razor is one hundred twenty. Oh, oh yeah, the whole no. kit is but like they sell it like 99 bucks for the heated one, right? Yeah. The whole kit It's actually not the worst. I can't believe this. It's not I've the worst value. I've more on less. No, but but the thing is you can't even buy the kit anymore. The kit's just sold out. They just don't have it anymore. Yeah. So, I kind of like the case it came yeah, they, in, actually. They I want that more than anything. How's your giveaway going to work? Who's, how, how can someone win one or are they already spoken for or how does that work? No, it's just going to be, it's going to be full random Instagram giveaway. Just like a, Hey, thanks for all the support. It's a cool way to give back, I guess. Um, nice little Christmas gift for someone, but it's basically going to be, I'm going to announce it on TikTok, have people go to my Instagram, like do the whole follow me, follow Gillette. And then basically comment because the giveaway will be two. So I'll have them comment someone else that they would want to win it. Hmm. And then there's like a website where you can go to and it just randomly will pick one of the comments from like that post. And then I'll just announce it whenever. But those two people, the person that commented and the person that tagged will win. So you said you have three, so you still get to keep one. Yes. That's pretty awesome. So I I keep the one who do. Yeah, I, I think you the should, one I've dropped. Like I think you should before. give away the one you've used. Like Kyle said, I think that's worth way more. <laughs> what? <laughs> the one you've used? Yeah, it's got <laughs> giving this forest, away. Forest burnt skin on. <laughs> it's still you can my hair follicles in it. <laughs> um, yeah. So enough razors, but you've also had trucks and luxury cars. So how yes. so many cars in such a short period of time? You're crazy. What's going on? So I had the Raptor, which is actually my second time having the Raptor because the first time I had it, um, my, unfortunately, I won't get too much into this, but unfortunately my aunt got really sick. She ended up passing away and I ended up, and I went out to go see her right before she passed away. So the day I was going to go film the Raptor, I had to fly out. So I asked the guys at Ford, Hey, can I have it again? Like in like two, two weeks or so. So that's what this loan was. And then right before it was about to go back, I was like, man, I would love to do a comparison with this and the TRX. And I reached out to Scott Brown. And last minute, I was just like, hey, do you have a TRX I can have for like two days? And I guess they're, I guess like they're not really fond of comparisons. They're like not, it depends on how you're going to do the yeah, that's comparison, common. I guess. I don't know if you've experienced mm-hmm. this before, but they seem very like, yep. I don't know. Yeah, when we pitch comparisons, we have to give them a full outline of the vehicle testing, but we can't yeah. obviously share, like at the end of the day, I'm not going to go and share 
we think you're going to win. We don't, we don't give the results until the video goes live, but yeah, our, our comparisons. And at this point for like our electric car stuff, everyone kind of mm-hmm. gets the deal. We do testing. No one else does. We get the cars, but like two years ago when we were trying to get cars for this stuff, um, yeah, comparisons have always been very edgy with automakers. Oh yeah. I, I think it's weird. Cause like they know, they know that they're not, paying us because we can technically say what we want and i think that makes them hesitant because they're like oh what if he says ours is terrible or whatever yep. and it's like hey if I you... think the media people are worried about their jobs a little yeah bit. they have to be you know yeah and so with my video i mean it's only i think it ended up being like a minute and 20 seconds all i did was i presented the facts on both i was like here's the specs on this here's the specs on that which one would you take and i just kind of let the audience decide because i was like at the end of the day the Raptors specs for off-road are technically better, even though it's by like one inch in every area, which I don't know if that makes a massive difference. Uh, the biggest difference is engine. But then again, even though the EcoBoost is way less powerful, it's been running in Baja 1000s stock. It gets like 530 miles on a tank, whereas the TRX gets like 300 miles on a tank. 10 miles. <laughs> on a on, you know getting 8.9 miles per gallon all premium gas yep. yeah here in california you have to have a third job just to run your trx yeah, you gotta finance <laughs> or refinance your mortgage every time you take one on loan i mean look we had a trx i think we averaged five and a bit through our week of like yeah. 600 miles on it but we Dude, were romping yeah. on it and jumping it and doing stupid shit with it the whole time but it was yeah you know, but would you not do that all the time in one like how are you going to resist the urge you know, I know. it is ridiculously fast though like it's it's uh because i did like a launch in the dirt and it launches okay it just i hate that you have to use the brakes whereas the ford it kind of just like it'll like brake torque it and like drop the clutch basically so it launches way harder um but uh, even though it's only I think the Eco boost and the raptor because i've driven i'm oh, sorry the raptor and the trx don't feel that different in terms of power what do you think no you don't really notice the power difference unless you're like on the highway like i was going 70 on the highway and i was like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna floor this trx and i did and dude it just hustles it's so fast yeah and the 70 truck, to just, one, 104 whatever the limiter is gets real quick <laughs> well the craziest part is in the raptor when you throw it into baja mode like the ex like not because there's a button on the steering wheel where you can switch the exhaust to baja mode i'm talking about switching the entire drive mode to baja and mm-hmm. it like lets out these crazy noises and me and jordan were driving and i downshifted under this highway and dude it let out the loudest pop i've ever heard it was impressive it was like Rumpa! and then we just accelerated and it just like it was weird man it's like a tuner car in a Yeah, it's like a trombone style exhaust. It sounds like a really crappy 350Z sometimes, but then sometimes (laughs) it sounds really good. It's kind of confusing. Forrest, it sounds like a 370Z or like a bad GTR almost. Yeah. (laughs) But out when we're out in the um, on that trail, it sounded really good. Like Mm -hmm. when we're just getting on it, like I thought it sounded better than TRX, like just because it had this like raucous noise going on. I you feel know, like the Raptor motor is racier. Like it, it just know. feels a little more motorsport like than the, yeah. the supercharged motor that Hellcat's TRX is lazy. That thing sounds like it's yeah. going to fall yeah, apart at idle. It's it a makes torque all these, kind of a thing. 
yeah, they make all these like little ticky noises on start over and it goes blah, 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 and it's like sounds mechanical and like pre-broken. And it was crazy. It was the only car that didn't have enough brakes. Ours was probably just romped on by everyone. It had like nine thousand <laughs> miles when we got it. And it was the only car under a launch control scenario could that could not hold itself stopped when we Dude. floored it. Yeah, so imagine trying to do that on dirt. It was just spinning like crazy, and I was like, "There's no way! Like, you can't do a good launch. Like, you're better just you're better off just flooring." You're it. just matting it from a stop, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, at, at, and back to that PowerPoint, 450 or close to 500 horsepower versus 702 mm-hmm. seems like a lot, but I think Ram has won the challenge of the most amount of drivetrain loss of any vehicle in existence. Maybe, dude, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like 650 pounds heavier than the Raptor. Yeah, it just doesn't like the Raptor feels like a race car compared to the TRX. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I love everything about that TRX jumping yeah. it, then the damper stiffened before landing it. Like it's really cool and it's mm-hmm. like America and makes noise. And I, you know, drive it at like a quarter throttle right when the supercharger starts going. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So awesome. But um, at the end of the day, I'd take the Raptor personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hard. See, it's hard because I said TRX, but here's the only reason why. The only reason I said TRX, if I was actually going to like use it for what it's meant to be used for, like take it to the dunes often, which we have a lot of out here in Southern California. Um, and, you know, like take it like on some, maybe some overlanding trips or something. I'm like, dude, I, I wouldn't pick anything other than the Raptor. But like realistically, if I were to get something like that, I'd go off it every now and then. I drive it around. I'd listen to the crazy noises that it makes. And I will say from like a comfort standpoint, the TRX does feel like more premium. And like, even though it has the way louder exhaust, it's like slightly quieter. It just, it just feels a little bit more luxe. Whereas the Ford feels more like properly built for what it's meant to do. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like, I think the TRX would easily be the cooler daily. Yeah, it felt more premium. Even like I, I was in the backseat of both, and I was like, I'd rather be in a TRX. Mm, but for like actual, I'm glad we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love, I, actually love, I love the Raptor. I think the Raptor is like the jam because it's so soft and squishy, and like you can, you know, full on mm-hmm. send it everywhere. And like it's, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a little bit more nimble than the TRX. And to me, I like it. Yeah. I don't like that EcoBoost engine too much. I can't wait till we get the V8 Raptor. That's oh, going to be dude. the just the end all smackdown. I'd like the power boost hybrid in a Raptor. Honestly, I really like driving oh, that truck. That power boost is magical. Really, is a great yeah. thing. Except the transmission. Also, if I'm daily in a here. truck, there's no way in heck I'm going to have either. <laughs> I'm not going to have a TRX. I could not do that. I think I would feel guilty. <laughs> dude, yeah, that gas would. Uh... Hey, so, Kyle, here's. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I brought up this really like out there concept to Jordan. So you know how like the TRX is known for like, it's the truck with like the supercharger wine, the loud exhaust mm-hmm. and you know, Ford touts their EcoBoost so hard. And I was telling Jordan, I was like, dude, what if they just made this like wild, like spooly version of like, of, like a Raptor. And that's what the Raptor R ended up being. Like it actually didn't have a V8. It was just this <laughs> crazy, like turbo spool monster. The same way you get the big s- twin turbos. That'd be so wild. <laughs> big blow off. I'd be perfect. So crazy. It'd be cool. I mean, someone's making that right now. So yeah. Yeah. That blue Maverick we saw at the Eliado show slammed on white wheels with a big blow off valve. That would be just 
still getting like 35 yeah. miles a gallon. 35 too. miles a gallon, big turbo. <laughs> Swap the duels um, for a single big turbo and put a massive blow-off valve on it and just have the boost kick you like a mule at like 6,000 RPM. I think that'd be insane. That's America right there, baby. <laughs> I will say, or though, Japan. I it think might be Japan. For, oh, for Japan. Japan. I think for fast trucks, there's really only one answer, which is you get an F-250 diesel, because those things can be really fast when you modify them. Kyle, you remember going, uh, remember when I bought that really garbage Corvette and oh, Rask came along in his F-250? Yeah. I was in my Model X90D, which wasn't like the fastest, but it's still a quick car. It's like four seconds, I think. And it got absolutely walked by our friend's F-250, yep. which Jeez. looks completely it bone stock. It was just stock. a six liter, too. Was it just yeah. blowing smoke the whole time? Actually, it was actually no. Efficient. Yeah, what? he he tunes yeah. his stuff to like actually make good power make and power. not be wasteful. Smoke is yeah. wasted power. Yeah, that's, that's true, unburnt man. fuel, or well, I guess it's burnt slightly, but yeah, not <laughs> slightly crispy fuel. Uh, wait, can we can we talk about something more important than trucks, which is the Rolls Royce Ghost? Because I've been able to drive oh, it yes. too. I would like to get your opinions and hear your thoughts. Sure. Um, have you driven the Black Badge? Oh, I have not driven the black badge. That's a black badge. Yeah. Yeah, this is a black badge. So that looks real good. I I read an article from Motor Trend while I was waiting, like eagerly awaiting this car, right? And I was reading through the article and I kind of agree with some of the stuff they said. Their biggest complaint with this car was it's for rolls, it allows a little bit more imperfections than you would like expect from a roll. So it has a stiffer suspension because it's the black badge. I guess that's the thing. Jordan pointed this out and I agree. I don't really like the red brake calipers. I think it's kind of- I was just about to say that feels like it shouldn't be legal on a Rolls Royce. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The wheels are like these crazy carbon fiber wheels. Jordan knows more about it, but to be honest, I'm like, it won't even make it to the video I'm gonna make because no one's gonna care about that on a Rolls Royce. I'm no well, you got my interest already. They're carbon wheels like GT350R style. So 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 yeah, they're 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 the normal Rolls-Royce buyer would not care, but it's like they made these specs for the auto manufacturers that cover them in the press to appeal to auto enthusiasts, which the general Rolls-Royce buyer probably is not per se an auto enthusiast. Really I don't know. Depends. I feel I like you have a Rolls, you have a lot of cars. I, I mean, at least I know like two Rolls owners, but it's like one of 40 cars for them. That's true. But I feel like I it's such a tough market, right? Because when I think of Rolls Royce, right, I think of maybe that's their fifth or sixth car, right? And they do have, let's say if they have something like a GT350R in their collection, you know, on that car, I can appreciate the carbon wheels. I can appreciate all this. But when you're talking about a, what, 5,600 pound SUV or not SUV sedan. Um, sedan that feels the weight of an SUV. I'm like carbon wheels. It's just like it's just silly. Unsprung weight. It can make a big difference. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not when you have stiffer suspension <laughs> in a Rolls. So yeah. the article I read equated it to the un- the the unsprung weight and these wheels are equated to like throwing a. Uh, lawn chair off the deck of the Titanic because it'll make it lower. <laughs> Wait, but that I don't actually think it's a carbon base wheel. I think it's an alloy base wheel with carbon inserts. Oh, well, that it, makes it's, more it's 20, 22 layers of carbon fiber, and then they have but a, where's the metal coming from? Aluminum metal rim is what they call it. So the outer so, portion is aluminum. Yeah, and mm-hmm. everything on the inside is carbon. That makes yeah. so it's not no a full sense. carbon wheel. 
No. So no. is it like a metal spoke with a carbon fiber barrel? It's weird. It looks like the met the metal is like yeah, like a, around the rim, and then the mm -hmm. spokes are like metal finish, but all the insides are it's carbon. carbon. It's, yeah, it's like probably made it out of carbon. Okay. It's an aluminum barrel or a metal composite barrel oh. of some kind with the carbon acting as uh, visual. I would say maybe some structural component as well, but the main core structure of the wheel is aluminum. I think otherwise you really wouldn't need metal at all at that point. No. Yeah, so it, it was interesting because, I mean, yeah. Forrest, when we had the S-Class recently, Forrest had the S-Class recently, Com like, it's weird to compare this to it because this is three times the cost of an S-Class, uh, which is ridiculous. This is almost $500,000. 496. 496, yeah. Shaving in under 500 grand. Um, but it's like, it's interesting the things that are different between them. But like Kyle said, it is a, com it is a whole new level of experience. But mm -hmm. there's still things, there's things I appreciated more in the S class. But I yes. understand if I am just not caring about the infotainment, not caring about certain things. I just want to get in my car, be comfortable, be driven to my next meeting, and then get out of the car. Like this is phenomenal. It's so quiet. It's the most comfortable ride ever. Yeah, Dude, but we got, like, we're going like eighty. I don't with, want to be chauffeured like, in a ghost. I want yeah, to be chauffeured in a Phantom. Ghost. I would feel fun. embarrassed. Yeah, you, you drive a ghost. <laughs> You're already spending 470. I just went on cars.com. You can buy a two-year-old Phantom with like 6,000 miles for the same price. Crazy. <laughs> so that's but what you don't do. get to commission it. And that's probably almost yeah. all the fun of Rolls Royce buying. Well, because spend the money that's and pretty do cool. it properly. Phantoms <laughs> are nothing around here. Also, totally agree. Black badge is dumb. It does not fit with the Rolls Royce theme and heritage. It shouldn't yeah. be. I mean, Rolls Royce does have a racing heritage. Don't get me wrong. But. In today's modern culture, should be luxury. They have a rally heritage. Compromise. Too. I yeah. think black badge should be a a really really nice like darked out package, and that's it. I think it that's all. Should be, I don't. Package. I don't think they. Should, yeah, I don't think they should have added the brake calipers. I don't think they should have added more power. I don't think they should have messed with the suspension. I think it should have just been a looks package alone because people will will pay for that at that price point. Oh. And we didn't talk about this. So this color, this we so we parked in the garage and an ID4 Pro drove up. Same exact color. This color on the Rolls Royce, sixteen thousand dollars. The ID4, it was standard, <laughs> and it was I. It was identical. This doesn't even have like multi. I mean, it probably is thick paint. Like they said, they use like a hundred pounds of white primer or whatever. But yeah, like yeah. the color, actual <laughs> color shade. There is no depth to this. It is literally just flat nardo gray on a rolls royce and they're like 16 grand yeah. well they yeah, had a, they had a skin right. all those id4s to get the paint to put on <laughs> so um do you know who mark court is negative so mark court is the sole person for the past 26 years that has oh, painted oh, the, who did the, the pinstripes the pinstripe i do know of this guy and I know of the guy. Apparently, yeah. it's like a one take thing. Like if he messes up, yeah, you're they have to repaint the whole car. Yep, dude. And I've heard—I don't know for sure—but I've heard from multiple websites that he makes six figures just doing that. Oh, oh, easily. I would 
I'm sure he makes high six figures if yeah. he's doing it. Yeah, this it's, dude, it's the, pretty crazy. Dude. And now his grandson, or I think it's his grandson, is now, or maybe it's his son, but I think it's his grandson, is now learning the trade from him. So it'll be within the family. That's crazy, dude. Wow. What else? What else do we learn about this? Um, oh, the Rolls Royce White Glove program, where you can purchase your chauffeur person and then send them off to Rolls Royce to learn yeah, how to drive a Rolls Royce properly. Mercedes has one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to do that BMW Armored uh, Seven Series one. That's all the evasive driving uh, terrorist avoidance one. I think it was right. BMW. <laughs> once, once there's a Seven do that. Series electric security, we're all in. Yeah, we'll go train yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. What was the biggest thing you hated about the Rolls Royce, Jordan? The I mean, it was it was a little gimmicky at times. Like the the actual technology was compared to the S class, so disappointing. I know it's not the point of the Rolls Royce, point. but it's like even the doors that like all you auto close it by holding your finger on the thing. It like get out of here, Mister Tesla man. That's yeah, not it, the point. Most of the time, it didn't work. But it's like if it's not the point, why yeah, it didn't it? work? What do you mean? Yeah, it didn't, yeah. It didn't work. So like um, when you're inside and you like push the buttons, it closes every time. Yeah. Yeah, that, that works every time. But when you're, okay. when you're exiting the vehicle, it has such resistance to the door because it wants you to like put your finger on that little button on the outside of the yeah, door. Yeah, you have to push the little button. Yeah. So that was working for us like 75% of the time. Yeah. Oh, I've never had it mess up. I wonder if it's vehicle specific. I don't know. It's a good question. Well, this this one doesn't have buttons anymore. It has the capacitive touch on the. Uh, I think it was failing to read our fingers or hands sometimes. Oh yeah, because it, it doesn't actually push in. Yeah, right. It was weird. I don't know. I had a new ghost. I never had that issue. That's weird. Maybe it's just ours, man. I'll have to, now, I'll have to check it out. Like slight disappointment in the attempted sportiness aside, is the sporty version of a ghost, the black badge, still? Mm-hmm. Is it more comfortable than an S class? Is it still like yes. of that level? <laughs> yes. So it's still. So we're, we're talking about a supremely yeah. nice car, the, still, the, right? The, like the really stiff, like rough, upper really, echelon of possibility for ride quality. I'm sure. Yeah, the really the really stiff, rough riding black badge is still more comfortable than the nicest S class. Yeah. So like, we're we're only. Is there any car out there that like you could say is oh that rides like the black badge still? Yeah. So we were going 80 miles an hour on the highway today, and my little Apple Watch has like a decibel reader. It was at like 54, 55 decibels going 80. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, it was That's quiet. incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, dude, I was like, I can like hear your thoughts at this point, like whispering yeah, to could, each other. Thinking so loud over there. <laughs> we could whisper to each other at allegedly 90 miles an hour. Yeah. And then we were trying to figure out like, is the bespoke <laughs> audio in this vehicle actually good, or is it good because there's no ambient noise? Yeah, S-Class does have a better sound system, but this is still a fantastic sound system. It's just... Did you notice how there's just an L? There's no paddles or anything? It's P-R-N-D-L. Yeah, Prindle. Mm -hmm. Prindle. It's like the (laughs) Zach and Cody. Is that the name of the show? Yeah, I used to love that show, dude. (laughs) Me too. The the Prindle episode was my favorite. You have to go to D and put it... But this is the Prindle. (laughs) It was the best. Um, Reverse neutral driving? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i just saw a reenactment of them talking about that the same cast that originally did that and they talked about that scene it was great dude that's uh, like a trend on tiktok oh I, really? yeah let's do it yeah that sound it's funny so um you guys are driving rolls royce ghost guess what i'm driving this week what gmc 
Oh no, I got a, <laughs> I got a, I got a couple cars. I got a GMC diesel inline six, hey, 18 fifteen hundred, great I truck. Love it. The best engine, great truck. Yes. I interviewed the engineer of the engine, the lead engineer that'll be included in my review of talking about the nerdiness of making the smoothest diesel engine I've ever experienced, and then. I just drove the new 2022 Jetta GLI, the facelift one. And Volkswagen said, great, we'll send you one. So they sent last year's one. And so it's not the facelift one. <laughs> wow. And, and it's the, the 2021 GLI manual. Like I've been having fun driving it, but the air conditioning is broken. Yeah. So it's a little oh. bit toasty in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, I have to agree with you. I think if you're going to get, it's the GMC, right? Yeah. Dude, if you're going to get a GMC, like the diesel's the way to go, dude. It's so much torque and it's getting like, what, 700 miles on a tank? Dude, we tested. Uh, Gary uh, took this on a MPG loop today. I don't know what he got, but I tested the Suburban High Country with the same engine, um, mm -hmm. which probably would do a little bit better than this because this has less aero than the box um, with mm -hmm. the open bed creating more drag. That did 33 MPG at 70 miles an hour. That's Which crazy. We, yeah. In in the loop. So it's all legit. So we just ran this. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I haven't spent I've too never much owned time a car that's gotten that high of gas mileage, actually. I just can't say that's enough ridiculous. good things about this engine and transmission combo. Yeah. I started up. It's just boom, right there. Cold engine yep. operation. It drives like it's warm all the time. And it could be, zero, you know, 31 degrees outside. And it's just amazing. It's got yeah, great dude. torque. It sounds really good. Mm -hmm. And I love just driving it to Starbucks around town. The brake pedal is awesome. The steering's great. The size of the truck's great. I, I mean, look, I like pickup trucks. I'm a truck guy. But like at the end of the day, this engine makes the entire truck. Oh, dude. And you have the AT4 trim, right? Yeah, it's an AT4 carbon. So everything's blacked out on the white truck. Ooh. It looks great with the meaty tires. It's That's so sick. good looking. Can you get a Yukon sound under there too? So you can get, I believe, AT4 on Yukon, but I'd go Denali personally. And then what I really like is the Denali uh, with this same engine you can get. I think that's, that's the what I was car. thinking. Yeah, yeah. just not a pickup truck and SUV. Yeah, you can get the Escalade diesel, by the way. You can get a Duramax oh, well, full size Escalade. I, that sounds yeah. pretty appealing, actually. And then you get super cool. <laughs> Why not be pretentious if you're going to spend $98,000 on a luxury SUV? Yeah, well, yeah, the only that everyone hates. <laughs> so once yeah, Suburban. Suburban and Denali, uh, Suburban High Country and Denali, I think, and maybe Premier as well, next year should get Super Cruise, is my guess, because the chassis yeah. supports it. And once that happens, I think the GMC is the sweet spot. It's the working man's mm -hmm. side. You get all the good Lugso stuff. You don't have to deal with the image of the Escalade, especially around here. It's a little pretentious, maybe in Southern Cali, not so much. But here it's, you know, it look a little out of place in a new Escalade. So new yeah. Denali. That's the way to go. And then you don't feel bad about getting it muddy. It's a work truck. No, so. dude. And um, so the I actually had the one you're talking about, the uh, Denali Yukon with the Duramax. Mm -hmm. And dude, it's just it's just super nice. It's it's like it feels as luxurious as you would want. It's not like it it's not like the Escalade truly justifies that price difference and i think the yukon looks better in denali trim i think it totally looks agree yeah elegant it looks strong boxy and i don't know i really think it looks more luxurious than the U than the escalade to be honest 
Yeah, it's a different type of luxurious. You know, when you get the Escalade Sport blacked out, look, that thing looks hot going down the road on that's the true. 22s. All black. You got to get it all blacked out. Look, there. that's a look. It's a New York City look. I like it. I get it. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's not for me. The Denali is more my style, a little bit more down to earth. Ideally, probably the suburban high country is what I might end up going with. Uh, not going with, I'm not buying one, but I would go with, uh, cause that's even more down to earth and we live in the high country and that truck yeah. and the color combo we had looked perfect. <laughs> and I okay. just kept playing like a rock the entire time. I think it's by Bob Seeger cause that was their <laughs> old Chevy commercials. <laughs> so when I had the high country, it was like a month after I had the Denali diesel and it was the high country with the six, two V eight. It had like every option, like their suspension, all that. It was like. 80 81 yeah and the denali yukon diesel i had was like 83 or 84 There's no difference yeah yeah no i would have gotten the yukon yeah but that's the thing you just go for the gmc i think but just i think yeah yeah that's yeah absolutely yeah and and dude yeah like you said that diesel's sweet dude i could not get enough of that engine yeah this engine is a masterpiece the only problem is there's kind of a fatal flaw in terms of servicing at 100,000 miles, you pretty much got to drop the whole bottom of the engine to replace a belt oil pump. It's not a chain. Um, and that's the only bad thing you could say about it. So you got to budget three grand every 100,000 miles or something like that. Um, but not it's bad. not oh, invasive. If the belt goes, it's not like it's an interference situation. So it doesn't yeah. grenade the engine. It'll just you know shut down, no issue, tow it to the place, replace it, and get back on the road. The uh, GM has a recommendation. It might be 150,000 miles and they were going to issue guidance on extending it. But I talked a lot about this with the engineer and it's actually a video I recorded when I had the suburban high country that I never included in the review. So I'll include that with this review. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a question. Since we're on GM with them going like full electric, obviously I feel like they're, big SUV platform will live on the same one that the um, Hummer EV is going to be on. Yes. Like, I just don't really see how it can get to a point, at least not soon, where um, like all the Yukons, Denali's and, you know, Escalades are living on full electric platforms. I mean, I'm sure it'll happen, but I just can't see many people buying them up that typically buy those vehicles. Cause people I see that typically buy those live in like the country. That's like, that's like a country. That's like a luxury country vehicle. You're right. Mm-hmm. Look at the people who take them on, you know, there's, there's buyers in different parts of the country. Everyone in Connecticut with a suburban GMC Yukon takes it up three hours to Vermont. That's 200 miles every weekend. They got to come back. They have a cabin probably that doesn't have, you know, high power capacity. They got to get their kids to the scheme out and electric's just going to get in the way at this point. And then you have the guys out here where I live in Wyoming and Northern Colorado. I'm the next town down from Wyoming where we have to do, you know, speed limits, 80, 85. We got 10,000 pound horse trailers and we got to, Oh, by the way, the next town, 500 miles to Salt Lake city. And there's no charging infrastructure. Like it's just not going to work for this type of stuff. So at the end of the day, Hummer EV is going to be bought by people in Miami that are CrossFitters and it'll be awesome. And they'll sell, (laughs) you know, they'll sell every single one that they can. And that's what it's going to be used for. And they'll crab walk around the city over Volkswagen Beetles and it'll be hilarious. (laughs) 
but, oh, yeah. but in terms of a practical solution, you got to spend so much money for these electric platforms, $100,000 plus for a, a fully spec Hummer EV for a 200 ish kilowatt hour battery pack with huge inefficiencies. And by the way, it's like, now it's going to take forever to charge because you got to charge this huge battery. Guess what? Diesel. Five minutes. I'm back on the road. It's the future, baby. Yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> I kind of wonder if some of the, and maybe it's because I'm in the South. And so that could skew this to me. But honestly, some of the people who buy this big full-size like GM in like pickup truck shared platform body on frame SUVs, almost take pride in the fact that it's the opposite of an electric car to a little bit of an extent. And, you know, it's not everyone because like a large people percentage of people who have them where I live, like, which is a pretty metropolitan area, do not need the capability or the range. They just like driving a big truck around yeah. and they could convert, but I, you know, we yeah, certainly have a lot of people who want Rivians and things like that. But there's also, I think a segment of those owners who, even if it would totally fit their lifestyle, just kind of wouldn't. Yeah, and I'm okay with this because at the end of the day, if they make a suburban electric or if they make an F-150 electric, which they're going to, or if they make a Hummer EV, every single one that they could possibly be produce will be sold. And there is a oh, use yeah. case for that vehicle. So at the end of the day, we still need combustion vehicles. We don't have unlimited resources to just go, everything's electric right now from a charging side, from a material resource side, from an engineering mm -hmm. side, from a production standpoint. So all of the ones that the companies can squeeze as hard as possible to build will be sold. There's no demand problem here for EVs. I truly no. believe that. Yeah, I actually no. really want them to make the Volt, but GMT 900 platform. I really liked the Volt. I think that extended range EV, yeah. i3 range extender, sort of a logic That's the would mood. apply so well to one of these huge trucks. Give it like a 40, I don't know, 40 kilowatt hour battery. Maybe 80 the miles range of range. Plug -in, ben. Yeah. Yeah, just make everything the new Range Rover plug-in. Six-cylinder yeah. turbo engine when you want the, to rip, mm -hmm. and then a huge-ass battery, good DC charging. <laughs> you can drive it like an electric car everywhere. And then for your trips, you just turn on the engine. I don't want a plug-in. I want a pure electric drivetrain with a generator. Well, that works. That's the That's, i3. Because like I think for towing, that would be more ideal. Because you want peak power. You don't want like that weak sauce, 136-horsepower PHEV motor moving you around. I totally agree. It should be electric driven, but at the end of the day for towing up here in the mountains, we're going to run into I3 situation, which is it will run out of power. It can't well, my up. thought is if you can, if you have an engine that can tow and produce enough power to tow, it should be able to produce enough electricity to allow an electric motor. So you're to tow. saying and put in the, the inline six Duramax diesel, for yeah. example, oh, so yeah. keep that drivetrain, then add a, it would have to be 50 kilowatt hour battery pack two electric mm -hmm. motors all the yes. engines responsible for is generating the just generating. Maybe it could be a four cylinder, a V6. Doesn't really need to be that special mm -hmm. motor. It doesn't have to generate it, you know. I mean, it's so got to make a lot of power, but it's not like torque matters anymore. Yeah, that's a great solution. That that's what I want in my Sprinter, honestly. That'd be perfect. So what I'm hearing is like diesel hybrid. Wasn't Porsche running that in like Le Mans or something? <laughs> well, any train ever? Yeah, just build me a train. Thank you. <laughs> I think yeah. that's how you convert the southerners is you just do a diesel electric truck that can tow really well and they're like oh yeah. maybe this electric thing isn't that and bad blows out yeah. simulated black smoke yeah. yeah this thing's built like a freight train that's a sales point right there to a truck buyer <laughs> i'm in already <laughs> yeah i think that's the future because then all of your driving around town you just plug it in whenever you can 
Javolt style, i3 style, but then there's zero worry, and then you're maximizing the electric driving. Great idea. Dude. So uh, what, a few days ago, we drove something on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. But if I lived and worked downtown Denver, I would just commute in this thing. Um, this is in Forest living room right now. Well, who makes this? Segway? Oh, the go-kart thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a company called Segway. They made the like original Segway, but now they make like scooters and mopeds and go-karts, yep. apparently. So just drifting this electric go-kart, it doesn't drift that well. Do you have a good contact there, brother? You can drift it? Yeah, dude. If you want a contact, I'll give it to you. Yeah, we're starting a new channel focused on micro mobility. So um, yeah, dude, so that's genius because that stuff's getting uh getting pretty big. Out it's called Out of Spec Scoots. It launches yes. in January. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. this is this is prime because you can take the rear axle off basically and then attach the stick and then you have suddenly a segue yeah. and so it's it's dual purpose it's brilliant really no way yeah. yeah yeah dude so i just found out i can commute on the bike path from my house to our new office uh allegedly it's not signed yet but if everything is, goes well and it's like three miles this will do 23 miles an hour 23 miles an hour and you can get a That's pro awesome. version that has full metal pedals it's like a matte black with green accents it comes with a rear spoiler that makes oh, actual downforce i need that and it has a <laughs> how much downforce speaker. does it make at 23 miles an hour i don't know there's Half numbers on our website 62 grams but um <laughs> it's pretty crazy dude and there's like a bluetooth speaker that comes with the pro and you mount it to like okay see where jordan can y'all see this picture oh, let me put it back up there Yep. Okay, see Jordan's leg, that little uh, like steering axle going up. Mm -hmm. There's a Bluetooth speaker that comes with the Pro that mounts to that, and you really can play style. music from it, or it makes like Tycon noises, like these. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, sport noises like, goes with the acceleration, and then you can also um, adjust the amount of power it sends to each rear wheel, and that's what makes you drift. Ah, yeah, it cool. can do all. I'm in. App. Kyle's all in. And it's only two grand for both for that whole set. So it's like, wow, you, what are we waiting you for? You get your Segway and your go kart kit. I'm going to go two buy grand. one right now. Actually, I'll I really like the solo, but this goes on bike paths. <laughs> yeah, we need to review this as soon as possible. All right, I'm going to email them tonight. Um, that's the coolest freaking thing I've ever heard of. And you guys did this. Can, can you share where you did this test? <laughs> we were snooping on Rivian. We were literally in front of Rivian. <laughs> we were in Rivian head HQ, what, their back parking lot. We saw the Rivian van and the trucks, and they were looking at us weird, and we were looking at them weird. Yeah, and we're like, don't mind us. We're just testing out something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Did you happen to see all the new chargers they put in there at the Irvine location? Uh, I didn't. Are they, like, are they in the front? Uh, I think they're in the back. Someone got spy photos of their new DC chargers. It'll be their adventure mm -hmm. network chargers they put in there for testing, I guess. Oh, dude, I've not seen that. Mm -hmm. I did Volt. see. Sorry, mm -hmm. you said DC fast, and I just have you heard of Volt? Volta. Volta, Volta yeah. Yeah. I saw one of the DC fast ones the other day. Yeah, but they're like, only 50 kilowatt, but they are free, which is nice. Yeah, dude, they're freaking free, and they're at like all these uh, Whole Foods now. Yep, and they just put the ads on them. Yeah, and that's that's what pays for electricity, right? Well, I don't so, think they're profitable, but yeah, it's a good idea. It's something, it's, yeah. It's definitely um, great for EV owners, I'll tell you that much, that can utilize it. Absolutely, 100%. Look, charging is our biggest problem to EVs. You know, the cars are there, the technology's there, the demand is there. It's all charging. That is 
purely it at this point. So what do you think is more important, charging speed or um, access to charging stations? Yes. Mm. Yeah, both. Both. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, I would say more so access to charging stations, but it depends. Like if you put in a 110 outlet and say you put an EV charger and that's going to do no one good. You know, if yeah. you put in a level two at most businesses, makes no difference. We need really inner city 50 kilowatt minimum, I would say, especially in here in Colorado, where everyone's going to drive a giant ass battery pack, Rivian, Hummer EV, et cetera. 50 kilowatts, still a four hour charge on these vehicles. And so, you know, that's a level two at this point in my head. And then really it should be 150 minimum for highway, but really 300 plus. Yeah. So um, I already told you I'm taking that Ionic 5 from California to Texas, correct? Yeah. You go on I-10. <sighs> um, I'll have to look it up. But I did map out the charging stations. And it, it says there's EA charging stations all the way there. And like yeah. most of them are the th high three, what, 50, 350 kilowatts? 350. Supposedly. Anything on a highway corridor pretty much is 350 kilowatts unless they couldn't get the charging power they need, which is actually coincidentally at their flagship location in Baker. There were only 50 kilowatt chargers. With <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful thing. <laughs> they were all slow. There was one 150 kilowatt. I shouldn't slam on that hard. Interesting. Oh, that was something me and Kyle saw at the LA Auto Show. Maybe saw too, the um, EA charger with the overhang, the roof with the solar That's panels. Cool. Yeah. Looks cool. I mean, it's funny because the solar panels only power the lights at the station, like doesn't actually power the station itself. But I feel like people are going to see that and assume because people don't understand how little power solar draws compared to what a car takes in. Yeah. And so they're going to they're gonna see these chargers with solar roofs and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. It takes the sun and puts it in my car. Well, it you is know cool. It's good. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's neat. As long it doesn't as have to power the whole car. I think it's yeah, just yeah. nice to see. Well, it's yeah. The charging stations cooler. It should keep the stress off the handles from environmental reasons. Should keep mm -hmm. the screens working longer, and it should keep you drier if it's raining out. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. You don't get soaked as bad when you're having to restart your session for the fourth time, dude. Yeah. Okay, I'm hoping I do not have to deal with like. 50, it's actually 000. not as bad as we all joke. I've yeah, had it's kind of fun because you like unplug and play around. It's like it's kind of enjoyable. But at the end of the day, you're going to have a brand new car that's never been truly tested here in the U.S charging on a network that's known to have issues and you probably yeah. will have some issues it's probably not yeah. going to be perfect but at the yeah. end of the day are, are we like worried that you won't make it there no you may just plug in have like a weird issue what we find is is in you know with tycon especially with high power dc charging uh things tend to get a little bit more wonky especially on signet chargers and yeah. uh, at the end of the day it just comes down to how sensitive is the charging hardware how sensitive is the car and it might require a couple session restarts but i think you'll be fine either way yeah i think the worst experience i had with ea i had an e-tron gt sportback and uh i was about an hour away from home and i left a little early because i knew i had to charge so i'm like 30 minutes ahead of schedule get to the charging station one station doesn't work and it's in the Walmart parking lot of like one of the sketchiest Walmarts I've been to in like, yeah, in like Thousand Oaks or something, which is not usually a sketchy area, but this Walmart is just real sketch. And so there's only four stations, right? I use one not working, use another one not working, use another one not working. And I'm like, dude, this last one's like my only hope. Use it, it'll start charging and then stop. So I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. I had three miles of range left. So I call EA and I'm just talking to them. They're like, yeah, we'll get this worked out. And they did that thing where they're like, all right, we're going to manually start it. Go ahead and plug it in. 
they start it, it starts charging for about a minute. The moment I hang up, it stops. Yeah, they're and probably, I, to- I mean, it probably was just Signet units or ABB hardware. I mean, look, these things are so garbage, the units that are in there and the software that runs them. And there's so many different patches on top of everything. And CCS yeah. is already really complicated that, yeah. you know, everyone's like, let's build more chargers. Fine. But if we just replicate the experience that we have today, that's not going to be good. It needs to get better. And then once we have it perfected, then replicate, I think. Yeah, I just don't get why, um, as much as people hate on Tesla, their charging experience for the most part is pretty freaking effortless. Amazing. The best. I just went to Salt Lake City and back through Wyoming. There's, I could not do this trip in any CCS car, not even a Lucid Air because it's too long and I had 60 mile an hour headwinds. I took my Tesla, didn't even think about it, left not even fully charged, drove all the way to Salt Lake, stayed overnight in Park City, drove back, two-day trip over the weekend, had zero issues. Couldn't do that, literally could not do that with any other electric car other than a Tesla because there's no charging infrastructure along I-80. So so what is your opinion as to why people didn't just adapt their plug? Uh, Because you'd have to tell your own customers to go use the big, bright, glowing red competitor's station. Yeah, that's a pride thing. And and I, I also really don't, no, like there were some small companies who said, we want our EVs to use the Tesla network. And then nothing really came of that either. Aptera. So I, Aptera, uh, was it Bollinger, I think? Yeah, Bollinger, I think back in the day. Yep, it's just- um, There were a few. I don't actually, it, I, li- I do love Tesla, you know, owe a lot to them. But at the same time, I don't actually think they would follow through with that or you would, as a serious party, ever be able to get in touch with someone to make that happen. I feel like that's one of those things where, sure, if somehow they knew, the right people knew, they would maybe try and make it happen. But I think you just get ghosted by them as another company. And, you know, they practically ghost their own customers half the time anyway. Well, I think that's part of it. The other part is it's a vertically controlled network and a competitor automaker where the, the current company has no control over the network that they're using. It's also not the global standard. The new European US standard is CCS. So all the Euro automakers, that's what they're doing. By law, they have to use that. In the US, mm-hmm. we use an adapted version. In China, they use GBT. In Japan, they use Chatamo. And so it's market-specific plug types. But even more than that, I think it's just, there's a lot of issues with sending your BMW i4 customers to a supercharger and saying, good luck dealing with all those people. You know, I don't yeah. know. I think it's an image thing more than anything. Yeah, it's like the whole USB-C versus Lightning thing. Yeah, but mm-hmm. at this point, we're too far gone. We'll never use the Tesla uh, plug. I do agree 100%. It's the most elegant solution. But we're already too far into CCS at this point that that's the way we're going to go. Yeah. It also doesn't have the same kind of power capability. I think CCS is supposed to be rated for like a good bit higher than where Tesla's 500 kilowatts, connected. Right? Yeah, 500. So it's Jeez. currently twice. Yeah. Well, Tesla think, um, on some, yeah. On if some. they can cheat their own spec sheet a little as they have, I mean, those connectors were never rated for 250 and here they are doing 250. So. Yeah. Well, Tesla is going to keep to a 400 volt system for charging for version two, version two and three. I heard allegedly possibly, and I don't even remember who this is coming from. So I hope I'm not ratting anyone out that it will be 800 volt charging moving forwards. And then um, either the chargers or the cars will adapt 400 to 800 volt like the GM stuff does. 
depending mm. on what charger you're plugging into, which honestly they... the Tycon should do because it's more efficient than doing a booster. Just go parallel or series to parallel, you know, one way or the other. I think it might be more a case of having it show up in a very transparent way to the charger you plug it into as well. Yeah. yeah Tycon's got some issues with this booster as well, I think, honestly, because you plug into a charge point CPE 250 and it triggers the 400 volt system. You only get 85, 90 kilowatts on a 125 kilowatt branded unit because it won't go to 125 kilowatts at 800 mm. volts. Mm. That'll be an interesting test. I don't think there's a whole lot of stations where I'll be able to get it because I'm going to be using EA half the time anyways, but it'll be interesting. I want to try and find a station where I can use that uh, 50. I think I have the 50 kilowatt, the standard onboard charger. Go. Yeah, but that's such a horrible charging experience. I don't want to subject yeah, myself but you know to the hotel, <laughs> You know the hotel next to Crabtree? It's fine. You just go up, swipe on the app, plug in. It always works. Well, my point is that's a 50 kilowatt charger. So I, what I'd like to do is try and have it limited by that onboard mm. conversion process, which that maybe a CPE 250 is the only thing I can think of. You need a CPE 250 that doesn't trigger the, the booster or doesn't trigger the booster bypass. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, makes sense. I wonder how Ionic 5 is going to handle a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Forrest, you're going to have to do some nerdy testing for us. Well, dude, I will do whatever you need me to. Yeah, because you're going to get the car. So I get to go. I'm going to do the, the first drive thing uh, in a week or a week. Um, or two weeks from now, I guess, but yeah. you're going to be able to actually go out and do some testing. So I'll see if we can find some things for you to try out. Sure. Dude. If you, if you want, just send me a list of stuff and I'll try to, um, I don't have any of my camera equipment cause it all broke in an accident I got into, but I, um, mm -hmm. I can record whatever kind of footage you want me to. I can as send long it as over you got to an you. iPhone or an Android. It's all we use. Yeah, dude. I can even put the video together and send it to you and you can post it on your channel. Cause Something longer than like five, ten minutes, I won't be able to post anywhere. Cool. Well, we'll let's come up with some ideas then. That'll be great. Yeah, that'd be cool. Give me something to do on the road trip. Yep, exactly. So, Jordan, um, what do we have going on next week? Should we talk about the thing this weekend? Yeah, we got the EV Media Summit coming up this weekend in Pasadena. Um, so that's going to be a riot. I don't know. How would you describe it, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have like 30 YouTubers all covering electric cars come to Pasadena to then hang out for a weekend of fun. We'll have cars and Archimotos and solo EVs and EQS and a whole bunch of stuff going around over there. It's going to be great. And then, um, yeah, then we're just going to drink a lot, hopefully. And have Is the solo <laughs> as fun as it looked? Because I think that looked like a ton of fun you guys are having in those things <laughs> with the um, lifting as you accelerated. I've never seen a car do that. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. Was it fun? Like, yeah, because it's like weird, but like, was it like fast and like fun? Like, woo, we're actually like, nah, it's not like that. Okay. Oh, but like, good. would you pick that over say the smart car for like a fun, no. nimble city commuter? No, really? Yeah. It Zero. actually, it actually reminded me of my Fiat 500 that had the base engine, you know, ridiculously slow but quirky okay. so it was entertaining like mm -hmm. it, it wasn't fun or engaging but it was entertaining just to yeah, yeah it was it. definitely a good time it was for terrifying like 30 minutes we drove it or whatever <laughs> the abs i hated that car is absolutely terrifying <laughs> so is it a better rental than an owned vehicle like if it was like a car to go like Car is a subscription or zip car, whatever. If you, they were. if you weren't driving it on the highway, absolutely, because you just <laughs> rag on it and not feel bad in the slightest. 
I, every time I drove Jordan's car, I was afraid I was going to break it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Austin, what, uh, if you had to buy an electric car, what would you get? That's really tough. I mean, with my history with Tesla, I really do enjoy the performance model three, which I, I know that you and Ben do as well. Hey, um, I know a guy who's getting rid of one of those. <laughs> hey, me too. Hold on. Mine's um, but no, I, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the, uh, the, uh, Tycon, uh, Ben, what you just got is stunning. I absolutely love it. Thank I you. really like the cross Turismo. Um, I don't know. I, I've never had a Porsche. I'd love to have a Porsche and kind of like what you were talking about, Ben, I would always challenge people with electric cars. Cause I, as weird as it sounds, I would push for people to just consider electric when I work there, not consider Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would always challenge people to be like, it doesn't range doesn't matter. Acceleration like doesn't really matter if you're looking for a daily vehicle and the Porsche does a lot of stuff better than Tesla, just not the numbers that people talk about. Um, and we'll so have yeah, to I try the range. I'm actually starting to suspect it might have the same highway range as my Model 3. <laughs> yeah, is... I mean, it very well could, but I think that would be my choice right now. I, there, I'm interested with some of the stuff that's coming, um, but currently available, I think that would be my choice is a, a, a Tycon Cross Turismo. That'd be my choice too. But... You do Cross Turismo <laughs> or Sport available. Turismo? Sport oh. Turismo. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Austin uh, does like the overlanding stuff, Kyle. He's all, he's all like, he would take this off road. Yeah. I've, I have a buddy that lifted his Fiesta ST and I've uh, really considered doing the same to mine just because it's fun. I don't know. It's stupid. Um, the, yeah. I like, the, I don't know if you could say I like overlanding because I've never done it, but I like the idea of it. So, <laughs> well, it's pretty easy to go overlanding. Just go somewhere yeah, you haven't been before and now you're overlanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah cool well um i mean we kind of hit the one hour 11 minute mark here sorry to everyone for rambling on try to think if there's anything else important going on we talked about the volkswagen gli we talked about the gmc see a forest bye guys i got my wife (laughs) we talked about the gmc being great so we got our media coverage in on the vehicles we were reviewing um yep that's all i got yeah it's a good show. I'm going to go drive around then. I'm, Actually, I'm excited really to drive. Quick question for Ben. Is there anything you plan on? Sorry, my dog's going crazy. Is there anything you plan on doing to the to the Tycon now that you have it? Like, are you going to tint the windows? Is there anything after you have it that you feel like you need to do now? Uh, probably some window tint. And the specific wheels I got, I have a, visualized a way to wrap part of the design uh, black to match the rest of the wheel and kind of change the look of that wheel entirely. So we're going to give that a shot. Wide body. Are you going to charge yourself in the first place? Are you going to charge yourself? So I don't have to wrap the inside edge of the wheelbarrow. (laughs) (laughs) Or if my idea fails and I don't have the worst looking design. (laughs) I have the second. So cool. I have I have to throw out there someone I, I didn't get any pictures from, but I met a Miata owner at a Miata meet out here in Southern California last week, and he just got a set of Model Three Aero wheels, put them on his NC Miata, and it looks phenomenal, perfect fitment, like it is stunning. And so it kind of gave me a thought. I don't know, it's something I might. Pursue. Hey, I have Aero wheels. If you need some Aero <laughs> wheels, I'm telling him this is the route he needs to go. Yeah, Why do Model 3 Aero wheels look so much better on everything than a Model 3? That's so true. <laughs> <It's no sense. laughs> That's the thought to end the podcast, right? There. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, no, uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging in with us. Um, check out our stuff on Twitter and YouTube and everywhere, honestly, out of spec. Um, I'm on Twitter at Jordan underscore Sheeper. Got Ben at Benji underscore OOS. Kyle at It's Kyle Connor. Austin at Flywheel Films on Instagram. And Forrest at Forrest Auto Reviews on Instagram and TikTok. And until then, we'll see y'all in the next one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.